B'shem Hashem Na'asev Na'asiyach, since, um, since last week's parsha was uh, Naso talking about the Sota woman that was secluded, I wanted to talk about the laws of Yichud. A lot of people don't know it. Actually, Shavuot night, I gave a whole shir about, about this almost two hours, and people were very interested. I um, wanted to bring out two, three different issues. Um, I just wanted to give an introduction. What does Yichud mean? Any woman that is forbidden to have sexual relation with, it's forbidden to be secluded with her in a private area. Now, the majority of this shear is going to be about, let's say, God forbid you have the flu or you have COVID, you have to be alone and there's a housekeeper in the house or your mother-in-law. So then there's ways of preventing it if you open the door or open the window or people can come in or put a camera. But just we want to go from the basic and then go deeper. Um, it, so the Shulchan Aruch very, states very clearly it doesn't matter if the woman how old she is or how young she is really? I mean we're going to see in the post game obviously girls that are under three is not a problem but then babysitters you know it's become the laws of Yehud actually people should really be uh, prevalent and proficient in it because it happens a lot. You know, certain babysitters, you know. So any woman that is uh, forbidden to have sexual relations with, it's forbidden to be alone with her. That was the whole Sota, problem of the Sota, right? Her husband saw that she, his wife was being alone and he thought that she was adulterer. Now, there was no cameras, but Hashem had the ultimate test if she drinked, if she ended up actually being alone. And having committed adultery, so she, she blows up. That was last week's parasha. But one, according to Allah, one has to prevent it, right? An ounce of prevention is the best medicine. So, so we're, we're going to go. So it says, it says um, whether the girl is very young, over three years old, or very old, 90 years old, um, it's uh, if she's Jewish, it's from Torah law, like a married woman. The um, even even a woman that is assured to be together with her from Isur Lav, like uh, Mamzeret, that's also we pass in um, the Sfaradim. That's it's from Torah law, and people don't f- fail to realize. That a woman that's a nida, most women once they're bat mitzvah, it's a nida. So it's a Torah prohibition to be alone with her in the same room, in the same area. No, so it's 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 uh, that's an exception to the rule. It's okay to be alone with your wife that's a nida, but a, because no, that's what we learn from a pasuk chazal. It's a halacha l'mishimisina suga b'shoshanim. They know that since she's going to be permitted to you after a week or two, whatever, 10, 12 days, whatever. Yeah, there's other heterim. Like if a woman, her husband's in the city and she's afraid he's going to come. That's above the scope of this specific shear. But one of the main ways to prevent it is to open the door. Now, what is Do you have to open the door? Can it be unlocked? But I'm going to get there very soon. But something to keep in mind is like if people are going out, right? Haredi, very from girl and boy. 
99.9% of our girls, once they hit 13, 12 bat mitzvah or 13 years old, they, you know, they're, they're nida. They never went to the mikveh. And to be secluded with them is, is not an issue de rabbanan. It's an issue what? De oraita. Minatayra. From Torah law. Um, Where do you see that? The, uh, I'm sorry? Where do you see that? It's the from the Sota, we actually learn from the Sota. Yeah. No, because in the ancient times, um, the post can learn it. It's actually Machlik. It's to some people, um, the, uh, it's a Machlik is a post game, but the, um, the majority of post games hold that uh, Anida is the writer. Because the, if you end up sleeping with her, it's right. This idea yeah, is because yeah. Isra Nida, especially according to the Rambam, it's Yarek Val Yavar. You know that. The same way you have to sacrifice your life and like get, get shot and not agree to sleep with a married woman is the same thing with a Nida. That's how we paskin like the Rambam. That's the last laws of Hilchot Nida and Shulchan Aruch. So it would make sense that since it's such a severe sin, right? Your wife is exception to the rule. Now. Just some basic historical notes. Uh, we just said in the Maseus Yesharim class that David had the hardest life of anybody. So um, King David, one of his uh, children, raped his half-sister, Amnon to Tamar. So King David came thousands of years ago, made a decree in his rabbinical court, and said, even... Uh, a single woman. Really, you know, if a single man sleeps with a single woman, it's really not, and she's not a nida, right? She went to the mikvah, because women used to go at that time, because they wanted to make sure their food is, you know, tahor. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Or they wanted to give the food.
Yeah, that's why we're learning these halachot. You, you can do from that? Yeah, you could. Yeah, but this is what I want to tell you, Kabbalistically, yeah. You could do tshuva on anything. You can even kill somebody, you could do tshuva. As long as you're alive, you can do tshuva. Even, that's the whole thing of the Gemara and Chagiga. Even if a bat kol comes... You always could do tshuva. If someone sends his death, the Torah, the Torah doesn't say, oh, you can... No. If he does tshuva, uh-huh. the law is the law, because they have to have a civil... Oh, it's spiritual. I mean, just, just forgiveness from Hashem. To get to Olam Haba, right? Oh, okay. This world is only 70, 80... Oh, okay. We were talking about eternal issues. Okay, okay. So, but what I'm trying to bring out about the... Because we're living in a very dangerous society nowadays, and you know people have difficulty getting married. I just want to bring out that Kabbalistically, the tikkun, how to rectify the sin of a married woman or a nida is almost, it's, it's, in some things, it's even more fast to say with a, uh, a goyisha woman. Because spiritually, it's like your mefer bisa shalab ramavino. And I just want to bring out, let me just bring out this point. Now, why is it so important to learn these halachot? I want to bring out one fact. Many studies have been done and the mass majority of people in the modern day world, 21st century, that do adultery, do it with somebody in their workplace, either their secretary, co-worker, because a lot of times, like let's say in a CPA office or people stay at late and, you know, it's a very unfortunate thing. We live in a workaholic society. We're very expensive. And people sometimes spend more time with their co-workers than in their own spouse. That's why it's very vigilant. One has to be very vigilant. And I want to recommend a wonderful book that I just bought. It's called The Laws of Yichud. Um, it's based on the rulings of Harav Shraga Kalos. He did amazing. And it's written by Rabbi Solansky. I highly recommend it. Let's say you have two religious people co-workers. Um, Whose responsibility is it to ensure the law? Both of them, but the man. The man is the melech, the man. He's the one responsible. Yeah, yeah. It's a very big mitzvah to learn these halachos. And, um, for example, I'll just tell you one thing. The Rav of Baltimore, Rabbi Heinemann, that spoke in front of 25,000 people in Wells Fargo Center a few days ago, or Rosh Hashiva Zatzal, my Rosh Hashiva of Weinberg, said like, for example, with your secretary, you shouldn't ever call... It should be a very um, cold relationship. It shouldn't be like a lovey-dovey relationship. As we see in Pirkei it says, Al Don't talk too much shmuzing imaisha. So he said, Rosh Hashira Zatzal said, you should never call your secretary by your first name. Always Mrs. Cohen, Mrs. Levy. Right. You know? Right. Hands off. Me and you, you're... Being... He says, ah, you may think I'm going too far. Oh, Rabbi, you know. Right. You know, she's... He says, you don't get the shalas of mamzerut, of bastards. Because, so I'm saying, this is a very important, crucial thing to understand that sota is a a very, very long gemara, and there's a lot of long mishnah, and a long part of the Torah is devoted to it. Because according to the Zohar, the strongest urgency in the world, you know, power and passion a person has after eating and drinking is... And I want to bring out another thing that I, I believe, and I think that's so important that it's such a wonderful thing to be exposed to the Israeli religious society because they are not political. Like you know, so I saw something there written that was very interesting. There's this whole organization in Israel, 
And it makes a lot of sense because I talked to one of the people that was involved. He said that historically speaking, for thousands of years, men and women hardly used to work, never were co-workers. It, was, it wasn't considered modest. Which means in the Israeli Haredi world, many men, their secretary will be also a man. You understand? Oh. But what, what the reasons why I wanted to specifically talk about this specific topic is that, like in Yeshiva Mir, where I learned the biggest yeshiva in the world, there are no female secretaries. And I, I, there was a whole pamphlet and a whole organization that tries to promote this. Women should work with women. Men should work with women. Perhaps there's another time where we could get into the other issue of um, how many Israeli post game hold that women, as long as the gynecologist is just as good as the a female gynecologist is just as proficient and professional and educated as a male, right? It should... Women no. should see women, men should see women. You understand? So, there's there, there's for... But in our modern world, where everybody's commingled, right? Speaking of the modern world, this is... This game so, it's, if about, ever... What about guys and guys? Who, yeah, no, else? yeah, that's above the scope. Yeah, of, yeah. They, everybody was asking me that the night right. of Shavuot. <laughs> it's not... There, there is no love. Uh, How do you know which 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 way which way this guy uh, swings? I don't know. You, to... <laughs> you have to be careful. You have to be, especially with Gordon. I mean, maybe he's <laughs> Josh, doctor, doctor. The the, the halacha yeah, is no with uh, with Goim. You have to be careful because right. the guy may rave. It's, especially, it's brought down in, right. in the Gemara that Chas you should leave children with them. What I'm saying is that, like, if you want to get a male tutor for your child, you have to be very careful. Because they're known, Chas Hashem, to do, be, you know, uh, sodomize them, Chas Hashem. So that, that, that's above, way, way, we don't want to go that. We want to stay so the, the, rooted the, in the, our sheer here. The general question is, if we're supposed to be a, a, a non-secluded people who are not allowed to sleep with, obviously... No, man and man is not a problem. So it's, you're right. also not allowed, though. No, you're allowed to be alone with men. But, but it's also a good relationship. If, 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 if no, one but, man is, we, but no, the, it's brought down in Chazal. It's brought down in Chazal that Klal Yisrael, the Jews, don't have such a yitzhara, such a urge. Mm-hmm. So this, the scope oh, of this, okay, okay. the scope of this specific shiur, and what's brought down in the Shulchan Aruch, we have to write a new Shulchan Aruch for this new Sedom and Amor. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not denying it. I mean, say that one more, one has to be use common sense, right. which is not too common anymore. But right. halachically speaking, regarding this sugya, right. yichud is between the opposite sex. Okay. Now, if you find somebody that is attracted to the same sex, and you don't, it would make sense that you should maybe follow the same halachon and then be alone with him. You fake he may make advances to you, or especially to children, or you never know. But what I wanted to um, go into is there's many, many situations where this comes up. For example, with your secretary, with your co-worker that's female. Uh, perfect case. You're in college, you're in medical school, you have to do an exam, you have to do a project together, right? You have to study together. I mean, the um, you have a babysitter Right, that's or a maid that's cleaning your house, and you're alone at home. Your office is at home. You're mm-hmm. alone, right? right? right. The, if one becomes uh, aware, there's many halachot. 
Now, how do you avoid it? So, the, the rest of this year is going to just be devoted to this. There's something called in Shulchan Aruch, the Gemara teaches us in Kiddushin, page 81, that in order to circumvent this problem of not being secluded, you could open the door to the public eye. Then it's you're not alone, right? Because the whole block party, everybody could come in. So since there's no exclusivity between you and her, right? So in, in such a case, it would be what? Permitted to be alone. Because you're not really alone, right? The door is open. Now, it's, this is called in halachic terms, Pesach Pasuach. The door is open. Now, we want to exactly understand, there's a fascinating machlokus, what this exactly means. Now, here's the first. Here's the first opinion. And Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, actually, which we're talking about, has a fascinating opinion on this. But one of the greatest Talmudic scholars of the last two, three hundred years is Rabbi Kiva Eger. And another one is one of my favorite, Acharonim, uh, the base mayor, based on a Rashba, one of the great Sephardic Gedolim. There's a Machlekis in the Acharonim, how to understand the Rashba. They learn that, okay, it means what it says and says what it means, which means you need to literally open the door and it has to be wide open. And not only that, Rabbi Kiva Eger, her, Rabbi Kiva Eger holds. Additionally, not only does the door have to be open, making the interior visible, but the one, you need to be in clear sight of the door. So you need to sit in front of the door so people will see you. Only then is it considered that you know you're not alone with her because you're basically sitting in front of the front door of the house. Anybody could see you, and that would um, prevent you. If it's a guy's responsibility, and that may no, no, it's not necessarily the woman. No, if no. A, if the man is the amaha aritz, what I'm trying to say is usually men have the chiyuv of Talmud Torah. No, but not some whoever, whoever is aware of the halachot. Right. If the man is learning, if anything, if anything, the. the we have Baruch Hashem, many, many Nashim Satkaniyot. Some people are not with the program. Sometimes, a lot of times, men are, ign- ignorance is bliss, but whoever is with the program <laughs> should make the initiative to open the door. Okay. Now, by the way, you have to also understand that the halachot become, uh, as a matter of practicality, and it's brought down in halacha, people that you're um, very chas you know, not chas but practically speaking, very comfortable with, it's like your cousin, it's like your secretary, you have to even be more vigilant, right? Because a, a, a stranger person is not going to be somebody that hanky-panky is going to happen, but somebody that you're very comfortable with because you're not ashamed of, right. and you have a relationship with, that's where God forbid... My question is, let's say you have a married man at the time, whatever, yeah. and the maid is so unattractive and he's repulsed by her. Is he really going to say, oh, I have to open the doors now, I'm worried about... No, we'll see, we'll see. Then you could be more makeup. If it's okay, so you also have to understand always that's why I gave the introduction. There's three levels, right? The way Rav Scheinberg and Rav Ovadia bring it is if the Yehud is the Oraita, or in my opinion, 
if the Yehud is somebody that you're attracted to, you really think it's a danger, right? You're alone. Right. Then you should for, perhaps be like very machmir. Right. Be out in the open. Go sit in the yard. Right, right, right. LA, always the weather is good. Or sit in front of the front door of the house. Okay. And keep it completely open, right? right. Now, so a classic example of that brought down in this Sefer is if one is secluded in a house with a cleaning lady, if he stands in the view of the outside, there is no isur. So even, it could perhaps be that you don't need to stand in front of the front door if you, the front door is open and you stand, like let's say the window of the house is also, everybody could see inside and you're standing in full view of what's people passing by, right? <laughs> Obviously the bedroom would not be a good place to be in this case, right? So, the, um, the base Shlomo, so you have three great Acharonim, the base mayor, Rabbi Kiva Eger, which, and, and they hold that it means what it says, says what it means. Open door means completely open the doors and stand in front of it. And the base Shlomo also holds that. So according to this understanding, um, it's, it's a bit difficult because, um, you know, for safety, if a place is not safe, or you want to be, you know, it's very uncomfortable, it's very hard. The, the, one of the great students of the Chazonish, the Shevet Alevi, the Bnei Brak Posik of Beis Meir, holds like this, or Vosner. But Vosner says we should be machna like this, and we should follow the opinion of Rabbi Kiva Eger. Here's a more lenient opinion. The Pischei Tshuva brings the Radvaz and the Binyan Sion, that they say no. It doesn't mean that you have to um, open the door totally wide open. They argue on Rabbi Kivayger. It's a different opinion. It says as long as the door is unlocked and anybody could get in, that means you don't have any privacy. And um, they understand the Talmudic source from the Rashba also, from the medieval sources in a different way. And based on this version of the text, they have a different girs on the Rashba, right? They have a different version of his text that says that um, as long as, the, even if the door is totally closed but unlocked, which means somebody could just, you know... But, but, but their hair entails you lock first. Right, so I'm going to do... So Rabbi, there's a fascinating with um, Yaakov Kamenetsky on this. So according to them, you don't need to lock the door. You just... It's very simple. Unlock the door. You have your... Right, you're not... It's much more convenient according to these posts, right? It's not like a big deal. Okay, you unlock your door. And um, you should be... And, and the, the, the psychological deterrent here is that, okay, people are uncomfortable if anybody could just come right in. Now, the Emes Yaakov, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, and the Minchas Chinuch, the chief posik of the Eda Chareda, they say that this depends on the society. Which means, let's say you have a neighbor that always you're so friendly with, your buddy buddy with, he comes into your house, knocks and comes in, and he, right? But let's say you live in a society like America, it's not accepted to just walk into people's houses. So how is this going to be a deterrent? So if you live somewhere where people will not walk in unannounced, so it depends on the culture, maybe in Iran or Israel they would, because people live in apartments, <laughs> Let's see the guys living on top of Bel Air, Mulholland. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to be walking into that estate unannounced. 
Yeah, even if the door. Yeah, even if the, even even the, the door's open. Okay, so the door open. It's going to be a fun gate. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, that's a, that's another problem. The, the post can deal with that actually. Really? I saw that Rabbi Mazuz actually deals with that. He says it's still okay if you're not as long as the front door is open, it's mm-hmm. open. Listen, if you're really worried, listen, you always have the option of leaving. Right. But. The, the the issue over here is that in most places in the United States of America, most Western cultures, it's totally unacceptable. A woman in Florida was just not, I mean, so a lot of people that are gun carriers, like, you know, people, sh- have, there's a lot of cases recently in the law, in the news, people shot each other because yes, crazy stand your ground. Delivery, yeah, yeah stand, you, people drove into people's driveway and they shot him. So... <laughs> It's a crazy society we're living in. Uh, you know, even if somebody's your friend and neighbor, most of the time it's not accepted. So uh, you really can't use this hector in, in such societies because unlocked. Because what, what's the idea? It's unlocked and the person's going to come in. But here you know the person's not going to come in and disturb you. So how's it going to help? So. It, it's it's unclear. According to the above, it seems that there's almost no heter of Pesach Pasuah for a closed unlocked door in today's day and age. And uh, the Shulchan Aruch doesn't... And the, the thing is also, the issue is the Shulchan Aruch doesn't also understand that the, the Maran, Bet Yosef, the Shulchan Aruch doesn't say it depends on the locale. Well, well that's still murder. If someone kills someone in the front yard, he has to enter the property, he has to enter the house, it's still considered murder. That's not considered self-defense. Well, we're, you're living crazy. It depends state laws. Are the, yeah, of course it's murder, but you know, you have some yeah. fanatical... What I'm saying is, especially now, especially if you want into these like gun-touting states, yeah. people are very hesitant to go into people's private property. Now, even if the guy's your friend and your neighbor... I say in Canada, everyone, yeah. everyone has a gun and, and all doors are unlocked. See, no, you also have to understand... Yeah, yeah. Let, let's say, like, you have certain families where you live right across your mother-in-law, or you live somebody. It depends on the situation. According to these post games, listen, if you're, if you have people that will just knock and walk into your door, so that's that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. You could, but if you, most of the places, it's not such a good idea. But then there's a third opinion. There's the opinion of the Chazonish, which could come in handy. The Chazonish says. He argues. It's brought down in the Debar Halacha, um, chapter three. Hara say, the, the, they bring down in the name of the Chazonish the, that he explains that it's a psychological thing. Are there crazy people or people that don't have common sense that would rudely walk into the house if it's unlocked? Yeah. So he says that's enough of a mental deterrent. A wild person. Right? A wild. By the way, there's another header to have it recorded. And if somebody else is looking, then you're not alone because, you know, everybody has cameras nowadays. Cost a few hundred dollars, ring, not even a hundred. And if somebody's watching, that, that, that could be perhaps another header. Like a doctor asked me the night of Shavuot, by the way. It says, like, if I'm alone with a patient, it's. Unless you're a psychologist and you lock the door, but like in a doctor, it's not... Also, you have to define, it has to be secluded, which means if your secretary or random employee could walk in and disturb you, right? And it's and most of those doors don't lock. 
You know what I mean? Right. So then, so that's the opinion of the Chazanish. According to the opinion of the Chazanish, since potentially a crazy wild man could walk in, he holds that's enough of a barrier to allow you to what? Um, use the heter. Now we go to Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein even entertains something even more fascinating. He says, he, he says that even if the door is locked, you could, you could use, say that it's Petach Patuach L'Rushos Rabin. How is that? Now this is a fascinating Rav Moshe Feinstein. Gainus. He says that in any situation, and you'll see it's no gay in the diamond district. Like, you know how retail theft is becoming... Right. Let's say you have a, a diamond store, a certain very high-end retail store, and you just don't want thieves to come in. Right. So, it's a fascinating Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein says like this. If you want to look at the Rav Moshe Feinstein, it's in Evan Ezer, Volume 4, um, 65... Subtitle 4. But Moshe says, what's the idea? That people will be enter and disrupt you, God forbid, and therefore you're psychologically afraid to engage in hanky-panky. Now, but Moshe says, anytime if somebody knocks, and 99 out of 100 times you would have to open the door, then he says... Perhaps one could be lenient, and even if the door is locked, it's not considered Pesach 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 Because you're not going to get engaged in sin, because you know that you're going to have to open the door, and if you get disturbed, it's like the guy could come in. But he says, however, in a situation where it's in your private residence, or in a situation where you could ignore the guy, right? Then, of course, you would have to... He, then he holds, actually, Ramosha holds, like, the first opinion... They say it would make sense that one actually totally keeps the door open. Right? So, here's a fascinating potential application of Rav Moshe's halacha, though. He says, let's say a storefront which, reg- which regularly receives customers, and whatever, for security reasons, he doesn't want bombs and thieves walking in. He wants to, like, see the guys in a suit and a tie, like, they're, you know... He doesn't want undesirables just walking and, you know, it's in the billions of dollars, the thieves, especially in San Francisco, and, right. right? So he wants, Farad Adam Dorosesabi, you know, uh, honorable, reliable people to walk into his thing. So, so he basically says that <laughs> you're going to get terrible Yelp views and you're going to lose business, right? Uh-huh. If you... If people could see that you're behind the door, right? Mm. If people knock and, and you're open for business, you have an open sign, they're going to get mad, mm. right? Mm. There's repercussions. You, it's a, you're forced to open the door if somebody continues like. So he says that's a fascinating case that perhaps if Moshe Feinstein's psaq would apply. You understand? So... It depends. If, if, however, in a case of a money changer jewelry store, the store is often open and one can see the people inside, and therefore one will answer the knocking door, right? Because mm-hmm. the guy is expecting to get served. So therefore, it's okay. So now how do we... So we have all these opinions, right? 
So just to review, opinion number one is open. The, you have to totally open the door and be within the side of the door or the window. Like people have to be, you have to be. Your window display. Yeah, your window display. <laughs> yeah. You have to be so that that's that means you're not alone. Then we have a psak that just unlock the door, but the problem with that is, in many societies, how's that going to help anything? Nobody, the door is unlocked. Nobody's going to walk in. You have, then you have the third opinion, Chazonish. Then you have Moshe Feinstein, which is fascinating. Is that like he says, even lock it, but if even if it's locked, but if potentially it's a situation where you know people are going to disturb you and you have to open the door, mm. right? Yeah. Then. You could you could be Mako. Now the Rav Scheinberg says that if the person you're being alone with is like a Nida or a, a married woman, or I would even add to this, she's a person that you're. We said most adultery, God forbid, happens with somebody that people that you're very co-worker. co-worker. Perhaps you should be. He says the right thing is to go, and uh, you know, go with the hard. Line opinion of the Shevet Alevi. Open the door totally. Mm. Leave the door wide open. Now, Rav Scheinberg holds actually that if it's not possible, you could even leave the door ajar. He he personally holds that um, if it's not really t- possible for whatever reason, maybe the company policy or whatever. Or it's cold. If you leave it open, the whole place is going to be freezing. Even if you leave it ajar, perhaps it's the same thing. He holds that's enough. Um, the The issue over here is is that he brings from one of the great poskim, the Aruch Hashulchan. He said he explains that if the door is left ajar, it invites others to walk in, and one could therefore be lenient. Now, who also? What is the Aruch Hashulchan right? The Aruch HaShulchan writes that an unlocked door is prohibited. The Psak seems to be somewhere in between the above opinions, like what we find in the Aruch HaShulchan. He writes that if the door is closed, but unlocked, there is no Isr B'Diyavid. So, which means that um, before the Mishnah Bura came along, uh, I was actually learning it the whole day with uh, Rabbi Eli. The Aruch HaShulchan is one of the big and he wrote on the entire Shulchan Aruch. He says that it seems from him that he he also writes that you know base case scenario leave the door open, but it seems to say that he's applying if one should not rely on this lechatchila, but one in such a situation there is room to be lenient, which means. Um, Certain situations, for whatever reason, it's hard to leave the door wide open. So try to leave it ajar. Rav Sternbach, the great posik from Harnoff, he says another very good thing. He says that um, perhaps one can leave the door unlocked and hang up a sign that everybody is what you don't. Mm. You're come right in. Come right in. So he he writes that. Um, so in in in, in uh, summary, if the door is locked, seclusion is prohibited. In cases when one expects people to knock on the door and would not let the knocking go unanswered, there is room for leniency. That's what Moshe Feinstein. If the door is wa- 
wide open, then according to everybody, there's no seclusion. If you're within sight of the door or the window, people will see what's going on. They can just come out right in. Right? If the door is left ajar, one may be lenient. And in all cases, certainly one can be lenient if those inside are in view of the outside. Right? You also have to understand, another part of this whole thing is that if people see what's going in the house and the door is ajar, you know... If the door is unlocked but closed, the Archa Shulchan says, in the end of the day, that you know sometimes it's a freezing cold, you can't leave the door open. Then you, you have the Archa Shulchan that says, there's room to be lenient in cases of need. In cases of only potential Isidur there is even more room to be lenient when the door is unlocked but closed. So uh, may Hashem help us to be pure, to realize Amen. that um, this is a serious issue and uh, there should only be um, kosher relationships between all of the nation of Israel. Amen.